Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Marilyn Devonish. Marilyn is known as the Neuro Success Coach. She was studying to be a chartered accountant and gave it up to become a coach and hypnotherapist instead. A big catalyst for this change in direction was discovering her then partner had an affair. Left devastated and feeling suicidal, she stumbled into personal development. When she realized you could not only turn these feelings around, but resolve them, she wanted to help others who were suffering from bad breakups to do the same. Marilyn is the founder of Transformations, a coaching, training and consultancy organization committed to creating impactful and lasting rapid transformation and change. She's been in practice since October 2000. She was diagnosed with what was thought to be early onset Alzheimer's in her 20s and contemplated suicide in her 30s. So I am super excited to welcome Marilyn Devnish to the show. Welcome, Marilyn. Oh, it is absolutely amazing to be here. Delighted. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm just so excited to have such a hugely empowering woman on the show who is leading by example and really is one of the true inspirational leaders in the personal development field. So I am very excited to hear the information I know you're going to share with my listeners. So please tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Oh my gosh, now that is always a really big question. So I'd normally frame it around who I'm talking to, but I'm a, I've been a coach and therapist for the past 20 years. I say a multidisciplinary therapist because I'm trained in about 20 different modalities. Started off um, with NLP, hypnosis and timeline therapy in HUNA. And then went on over the years to study a range of things, soul plan reading, past life regression, future life progression with the wonderful Anne Jersh, and, yes. you know, everything in between. I guess one of the things I'm known for outside of this field is the photo reading and accelerated learning. So the how to read at 25,000 words per minute, get through a book in five minutes and remember and recall what you've read. And I'm also a corporate trainer and management consultant. And weirdly, I've been a flexible working implementation consultant since 2003, which means working with organizations to transition their staff to remote working and home working. So the new normal that we speak of has been my old normal for almost the last two decades. But that's me in a nutshell in terms of what I do. Gosh, so much, so much. So I know you call yourself the neuro success coach. So tell us a little bit about what that means. Yeah, for me, because I was diagnosed with what was thought to be early onset Alzheimer's in my 20s and my doctor said there was nothing he could do for me. And I, it, well, it wasn't a bad way for many, many years. But thankfully, something at the back of my mind and my brain said this cannot be it. This cannot be how you are meant to spend the rest of your life. And so I really just started researching about the mind and the brain and how does it work and what is it that contributes to who we are, our mind, our memory. I then got into personal development. I became a, a NLP trainer, stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And what really, really fascinated me was, was almost like what is the neurology of success? 
what is the thing and as one of my trainers, a guy called Tad James, you say, what's the difference that makes the difference? And this thing that we've got between our ears just eternally fascinates me in terms of what we can do. And I always say, look, I think we're just scratching the surface. So for me, when I'm looking at the mind and the brain and the neurology and then putting it together in practical ways so that people can, if they choose to, enhance their level of what success means for them. And that will mean, mean a myriad of things for every single person that I speak to. Gosh, what an incredible thing to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's so early in life. So have you overcome that now? Yeah, it's really bizarre, you know, because my doctor said what you've got, it presents like early onset Alzheimer's. And he says, I, so he said, the only thing I can do for you is I can maybe give you a medical certificate that you can send to the ACCA, which is the accountancy body, to explain the condition. And maybe they can give you extra time in your exams. But you could say something to me. And if I didn't write it down, write that second gone. And it got to the point when I was still working, I was working for an investment bank in the city. My desk looked like a snow flower, a sunflower, because there were just post-it notes everywhere because that was, and then people thought I was really organized. I wasn't really organized. I was super compensating because you could speak to me, you could walk away and somebody say, what did Sarah say? And I'd be like, I've got no idea. So, you know, I was like, oh man, but when I discovered there were things out there that could help you turn that around, it was like, oh my goodness. And it just opened up a whole new world. Wow. I mean, I'm sure there's people listening now who are thinking, well, what are those things? So where can people find out more about that? The thing that blew my mind was something called photo reading, this thing about reading at 25,000 words per minute. I got a, an envelope through the door which talked about, do you want to double, treble your reading speed, improve your memory, your recall, your attention, your critical thinking, your decision making, your creativity? I was like, yes. Now, back in those days, and the tapes are still on the shelf behind me, they were tapes. So I sent off the cassette tapes from Nightingale Conan back in the day. Um, yeah. And a couple of hundred pounds, I have to be honest with you, I listened to one or two, and I just thought this sounds too outlandish for words. Two years later, that was in 1998, two years later, I was on a personal development training. The person running the training was quoting names, dates, places, facts and figures. Someone said, how do you do that? How do you remember all of that stuff? Because it was a seven day training. And he said, I read 20 to 30 books a month. I was like, whoa, he obviously doesn't get out enough. And then he said, and somebody said, well, how? And he said, I photo read. And he pointed to the resource table at the back. And I was like... I've got those tapes sitting at home on the shelf gathering dust. I wonder what would happen if I went home and listened to those tapes. And I went from worst in class in October 2000 to best in class in November, December 2000. And I was the first person to finish my NLP trainers training exam. It's an eight hour closed book exam. I was done in three hours barely revised I just used the photo reading and that then started the I've got to find out more about the mind and the brain and how this all works. So in March 2002, jumped on a plane, went to study with the guy who created it and became a photo reading instructor because it blew my mind, blew my mind. Wow, because obviously Alzheimer's is a really growing challenge that society is facing today. So is that something that can be used for older people as well? 
it's an interesting one. People always ask me this and I go, do you know what? I haven't focused on that sector. Youngest person I've ever had on the workshop, seven years old. Oldest person was in his 90s, a retired wing commander, lovely gentleman um, and everything in between. And I've had people with dyslexia, dyspraxia, ADHD. And I even had, you know, one of my clients had brain damage. She'd been in a, a near fatal plane crash. It's just two and a half days. And, and they came out the other side just like, wow. So it's been miraculous for all ages. And I've never done a study with, let's say, people Alzheimer's, etc. But maybe one day, if I can get a group of people together, we could give it a go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll be inundated because that sounds incredible. Now, I mean, obviously, you do so many things. But one of the things I know you do is you help people going through breakups like I do. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you got into that because I know you had your own personal experience of a breakup. Seriously, it was you know with these things, it's I call it sync. I used to say by accident, coincidence. I'm like no, 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 synchronicity. But what had happened for me, and and everybody who's listening, please remain calm. What I'm about to say, I'm all good. I'm fine. Everything's resolved. So when I was um, in my late twenties, early thirties, I discovered that my then partner had had an affair devastated absolutely devastated but decided we could work through that a couple of years later discovered the same thing had happened again and with everything else that was going on with my health because at this point all the stuff's going on with my mind my brain I had a thyroid issue all sorts of things were going on um it was just the the last straw and at age 32 I contemplated suicide are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce are you feeling devastated heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. And at age 32, I contemplated suicide. Now, if you had asked me, I would have said it was because of the breakup because the two coincided. I now know it was about all of the other things that have been building up through my entire life, but the relationship was the catalyst for it. And um, we went to counselling. I've been reading books and all the rest of it. And the two years between the first affair, the second affair, probably the worst two years of my entire life, because I could not get it out of my head. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Anyone listening, if your partner's had an affair now, my partner wonderfully would answer all of my questions. This is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> once you get the information that you think you're looking for you can't get it out of your head so I was asking when did you meet who did you meet when did you sleep together what did you do How did we... I was just asking everything because I thought I just need the answers to this and then it will be okay actually what I didn't realize 
it was spiraling me further down and it was getting worse because now all of these images are forming stories in my mind. I was like that for two years. And although I presented as being okay, I'll be honest with you, I was awful. Any excuse that I could find to, what can I say, linguistically punish him. So at this time, this is really showing my age. There was a storyline on Coronation Street where Gail Tilsley was having an affair with a young doctor. I think his name was, was he married to Martin and, or was Martin the doctor? I think Martin was the doctor. So she's having this affair. My partner is sat there and I'm, I'm, I'm now calling her out and, you know, criticizing this whole situation. But actually what I was doing is I was saying everything that I couldn't say to my partner, the pent up anger, the rage, the frustration. So I would use other people to pretend to commentate on what was happening. But and it was Martin having the affair on Gail, but I would pretend in terms of what was happening. But I was really speaking to him and I would take all sorts of opportunities to have a little dig and a little stab. Quite frankly, I don't know how he put up with it for the two years. But when it all came to a head, I was devastated and could see no way out. Now, this was in September 2000. I had in the interim, before all of this kicked off, I'd signed up for the personal development training. That was in October 2000. So I contemplated suicide in the September. In the October, I'm signed up for this course. I actually tried to get out of it and get my money back and get a refund. Thankfully, they wouldn't let me. They did a reframe, classic reframe. But it was just, I was so devastated. And when I went into that personal development training, I was hanging on by a thread. I was completely shut down as I had been my whole life. And um, at one point I was, it was probably two, three and a half days into the training. I thought, hold on a minute. If I sit here and don't participate, when I go to get my refund, they will say you didn't play full out. Cause that was a condition. Come to the training. If you don't get massive value, we'll give you a refund at the end. So I'm like, oh, God, seven days of my life. <laughs> but it was a lot of money, it was, you know, two, 3000 pounds. So I went to get the money back. And I thought, OK, here's what we're going to do. I'm in the worst position I've ever been. And I've just sat and looked at all of the ways I could end my time on this planet. So put your money where your mouth is. I'm going to do everything you ask me to do. I'm going to jump in with both feet. I will prove to you that it is not possible to change someone's life by merely speaking to them or getting them up above their timeline. I was like, this is nonsense. Came out the other side completely transformed. Wow. To the point where during that that training, my then partner called. I was coaching him and I couldn't believe it because previously I couldn't even speak his name without crying. So it was just a complete, well, transformation. And I was like, whoa. So I decided and it sounds a bit rash when you just say it out loud. But I decided to give up the chartered accountancy studies and become a coach and a hypnotherapist instead, because I'm like, oh, my goodness, if this can help me, Miss Skeptical, um, imagine working with people who actually do want to change. So that is how it all came into being. I mean, it's an incredible story. And quite often, you know, we find a career that's so fulfilling because we go through some of those tough times. The worst times can become some of the best times with hindsight, I guess. I think it's really interesting what you said about the questions and you got them all answered because in my coaching clinic, that's one of the things I hear from clients. They really want to know the answers to what I call hamster wheel questions. You know, the questions that they ask, like, what's wrong with me? Why did they do it? You know, why don't they love me anymore? And 
they are not getting those answers, which is why they say that they feel stuck. You know, they can't move on until they get those answers. But in your case, it was the other way around. No, seriously. No, you're right. It is the hamster's wheel. It just kept going. What would happen is I can't even imagine how my partner felt because he'd walk in the door and he'd look on the table because we had a big wooden coffee table. And oftentimes there'll be a white envelope on the table. What that was, it was a letter from me asking all of the questions that I wanted answers to because I couldn't verbalize them. So he would pick up the letter, you know, put it in his pocket. And then a day or so later, another envelope would appear on the table and it would be from him answering those questions or we would sit down and he would answer the questions with my letter in his hand I would hear the answers and the reason I always say be careful what you wish for it didn't bring me any peace everyone's different so someone might get the answer go, okay I understand it now totally get it boom, boom, boom. for me it didn't bring me any peace it just made it worse and then the more I heard the more I wanted to know well hold on a minute well how did you get from the bar to the bedroom because, you know, we met in a bar. Great. I know you slept in a bedroom. So now my brain was, well, how did you get from point A to... It was never ending. It was never ending. But all it bought me, because I've got quite an active, vivid imagination, all it bought me, it was like um, having a soap opera in my head. I could actually now, because I had so much information, it was all bringing it to life. So it was absolutely horrible. And then after wanting to know some of the intimate details... When we were together, I'm now thinking about this other woman. It was just like, oh. <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, it brings it to life, doesn't it? Because you're actually in it because you can see it, you know, what happened, you know, what he said, she said, what they exactly. did. I mean, oh my goodness. It's harder to distance yourself from something that you know every detail of. So, wow, powerful. So, what is your advice then for people who are in that position right now? The thing I would say is a bit like you, you've just kind of said some of the things that I, I went through as well and would say to my own clients. It was, uh, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? And I didn't tell anyone the first time it happened. Why? I was embarrassed because I was like, oh, my gosh, for him to go and sleep with someone else. What does that say about me? There must be something wrong with me. I must be deficient in some way, shape or form. Now, don't get me wrong. In a relationship, it takes two to tango. So each party brings something to the table. But in terms of the immediate thing where you turn the blame completely on yourself, I would say that's not a good position to be in. Now, yeah, you can ask yourself, okay, if I were to know, how, if at all, did I contribute to this situation? And I'm asking that question so you can learn from that and kind of go, what would I do differently next time? How would I maybe change and transition and handle things in a different way? But for me, I would definitely say <laughs> don't rush through the stages either because they actually mimic the, the Kubler-Ross grieving cycle. I mm. was in shock when, when I asked the question, have you met someone else? I did not expect him to say yes. So when he said yes, it was like an out of body experience because I was like, hold on. What did he say? Oh, wow. Marry the two. So I was in complete shock. And, and, and then I was in denial. No, he couldn't have said that. This couldn't happen. And our relationship can't be falling apart. We were the couple that everyone wanted to be. And, oh, you're so good together. And we were uh, in my mind. <laughs> um, so there was all that. And then, wow, I was straight into all the anger and all of that sort of stuff. And that is where I resided for a long time. So I would say to people, don't deny how you feel. Allow yourself to feel those feelings and emotions. The reason I say that, I say better out than in. 
if people try like I did for the first two years to keep a lid on it oh it's okay I'm fine no we're back on track it was a lie it was an absolute lie because I didn't do anything to resolve those emotions I just put a lid on them told myself it was behind me but it was seeping out in ways where I almost didn't recognize myself with these little snide comments and little digs here and there and it was just horrible but I, at the time I didn't realize what was going on now with Heinz I'm like whoa it's like having a, a, a box of stuff slime yeah. pus whatever you want to call it dark matter in a negative way putting a lid on it but still carrying it around with you and every once in a while the lid kind of gets loose and stuff spews yeah. out so I'd always say look please do some work see someone like Sarah to get to the root cause and what it brought up for me which I'm really grateful for when I say to people I'm so happy and grateful my partner had an affair it seems like an odd thing to say what it highlighted to me I had those limiting beliefs were there before him that I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not capable. I'd had those since childhood. They hadn't manifested, but they had because of the choices I made or didn't make. And that affair brought everything up. And thankfully I found myself in a place and a space where I could let that up in a, in a healthy way and be in a space where people could help me to deal with that and resolve that. So I would say temporarily, yeah, you might have to put the lid on it to go to work, to show up for your kids, but long-term sort that out. I mean, it's interesting because some people think that if their partner had an affair, they're out, that's it, black and white. Um, Others think, well, we can work on it and we can get back there. And obviously in the beginning you forgave and you got back together, right? So how did you manage that? What was your mindset to be able to, to get past that in that moment? And then obviously later on, you did confront some of those, you know, that past that was seeking out, seeping out everywhere. Yeah. And then what was different at that point then? I'll be honest with you. The first time around, the reason why I forgave, and I'm going to do that awful thing where you put it in quotation marks, because I didn't really, because I didn't know how to, didn't know how to. But the reason I forgave was more because I was afraid of being alone. I had in my mind what our relationship was going to be. You know, we'd get married. We'd already started looking at maybe buying a house. So we'd, you know, been through some details, looked at a few places while we were out driving, deciding where we might want to live. Now you're telling me that some other woman is going to come in and rip all of that away from me. No. So I was holding on because I couldn't face being on my own and I couldn't face the reality of having all of those dreams stripped away. That's it for today. Do join me for part two of Marilyn's interview on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.